together, and it's all very intentional and all very meaningful. And as we look through it, it, it frankly, it feels very powerful. So I uh, encourage you to be able to be a part of that. Again, 6 o'clock next Saturday, no service on Sunday. Uh, if, uh, if our kids are up here, I don't know if this was covered or not, but uh, you're able to go to class. So uh, uh, three years old to kindergarten, downstairs, first through fifth grade, up in Romine Hall. First through fifth grade up in Romine Hall. And uh, then this evening we'll be doing caroling with uh, students. So if you didn't get that word, and of course the nursery's open all the time. There's a lovely woman in the nursery today. Uh, Melinda's in there. So uh, I may go myself to see her. <laughs> this series that we're in is called Live in Love. Live in Love. So we talked about that love loves others, not just God. Love loves others. Love lifts. Kelsey did a beautiful message on love lifts. Love disciples. Love overlooks. Love nudges. Love prays. Last week we talked about love praise. You, you pray for the people you love, but you also begin to love the people that you pray for. Love praise. And today we're going to wrap up this sermon series with love gives. Love gives. John 3.16. Care to take a shot at it with me? For God so loved that he gave. There you go. God loves so much that the response of loving so much is I'm going to give so much. Gwenny, it's funny. Uh, I work with, with Gwen and I'll say thank you so much. And she'll say you're welcome so much. Thank you so much, Gwen. You're welcome so much. God loves so much that he gave so much. And really, that's an interesting measure for us. We can really tell how much we actually give by how much we love. We can tell how much we love by how much we give. So Merry Christmas. God gave. God gave at Bethlehem. This whole story, as we think about it through this week, God gave at Bethlehem because love gives. Love gives. You may not know this, some of the unique nuances that mean something to me, but this cross is usually not here in December. We usually take it down. And everyone was prepared to take it down in December because we're not celebrating his death, we're celebrating his birth. However, I said, I'd like it to be up this month. Probably didn't mean anything to you, but as I'm preaching about what love does, I know this is behind me. Didn't have to be behind me, but it was meaningful for me that it was behind me. At the cross, God gave. God didn't just give in Bethlehem, but that cross is in place because this series is living in love, and one of the things love does is love gives. God gave. The doctrine that I was reared in presented something to me almost as an argument regarding God's oneness. That it's not much love for God if he gives someone else. 
To which I would ask, have you ever been a parent or that doting auntie or uncle? It makes sense that it's not so much love. Bill, I love you so much. Christina is going to die for you. Yeah, that whole breakdown in concept makes sense to me. My love for Bill is not much if I say somebody else is going to do it until it's my kid. And if it's my son, I think most of us, if it's my daughter, I think most of us would recognize. I will jump in front of that car. I will take that bullet. I want to be the one that's there, not them. And then it gives love, not just place, but a magnitude and a depth that frankly is beyond my grasp. It's beyond my understanding, frankly. Love gives. At the cross, Jesus gave. Clearly at the cross, Jesus himself, baby Jesus, grows up for the purpose of giving, of loving, giving himself. I wanted that up here for that reason. He had to. You never have to. There's no choice. There's always a choice. You always have a choice. In the classes that I teach, sometimes people are court-ordered to be there, and they might say to me quickly and off the cuff, I don't have a choice. I have to be here. <laughs> oh, no. There's always a choice. You can get up and walk. Now, the consequences of that choice... But there's always a choice. Jesus looks at the disciples. Speaking of his love, he says, didn't you know? Didn't you know that I could call 12 legions of angels? Anybody know how many is a legion? Roman legion. Roman legion. 6,000. 6,000 in a legion. 12 legions. 72,000. Okay, 72,000 is not bad. Not a bad backup team, not a bad B team. 72,000. But then you read in the Old Testament, in one night an angel took the life of 185,000 Assyrians. One angel, one night, 185,000 Assyrians. You take that times 72,000, and you get 2.2 billion. I don't think he had to. He didn't even say, well, I'll ask, but God probably won't do it. He said, I can ask, and it will happen. That's how much. That's how much love gives. One of the most amazing things about Jesus Christ to me is all the things he could have done and didn't. All the things he could have done and didn't. I joke around. I'm like, you know, Jesus is hungry. Do you know how Jesus makes breakfast? Breakfast. <laughs> That's what he does. Waffles. <laughs> like, he says it, and boom, there it is. You have that kind of ability, you have that kind of power. You have that 
credit card in your hip pocket. You have that thing going on for you, and you don't use it. You're in that space, walking there and knowing there's an out. Hit in the face and knowing there's an out. Your skin ripped and knowing there's an out. Tasting your own blood and knowing there's an out. Hearing the hammer, hearing your own yell, your own wrenching, and knowing there's an out and not using it. Wow. Wow. Love gives. In the garden, he made a choice. He was struggling with that choice. And he said, okay, not my will, your will. I surrender. Hebrews 12 tells us that we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the, this is key word, because it's you. Ready? This is an important word because it's you. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him. That's you. Is anybody here named Joy? Abby Joy. So is everybody else. <laughs> We're all named Joy. Because for the joy set before him, which is every single one of us, he endured. Love gives. Love lifts. Love endures. He endured the cross, despising the shame. Hated it, but loved you. Hated it, but loved you. Love gives. I want us to look at Philippians chapter 2. This will be on the screens behind me. We're reading out of the NIV. Some of the message today will be the love that we need to know is available, that we need to receive. And some of the message today will be the challenge to love like that. Living in love. Living in his love. And then me living in the expression of love. It's going to be twofold. Paul writes, therefore, if, any, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then, he says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same, say it with me, love. Having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. We talk about all this stuff that we do and Christ formed in us and coming to church and growing and discipleship and working the eight steps of the path and trying to mentor and love and give and connect and serve and pray and be missional and all the things. And he says, in all of that, have this same mind and have the same love. Not just what Christ has formed in me for me, but Christ formed in me for you. Christ formed in you for me. Verse 3. Love gives all right. Love gives up. Love gives up ego. Love gives up ego. Do nothing out of selfish ambition 
or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Love gives up ego. See, the ground is level here. I don't actually value preaching off a platform because we all bleed red. And everybody is someone's son or daughter. Everybody. And every person you've ever met is a person for whom Christ died. May God baptize us with that love so that we can see people as valuable. As valuable. As precious. As worth being loved. I've had so many gifts. Whatever gifts I have given Next Step and that recovery community, I have received more in return. And that is not semantic. It is the truth because I have come to see and understand and realize things. Truths about people. About all people. The realization that the folks in that room aren't any different than the folks in this room. And the recognition of value. And the recognition that there's hierarchy in the recovery community. Even in people, people that are addicted to substances, there's a hierarchy to it. There's ego in it. I look around and I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Like, yeah, yeah, they're here for Coors Light. Disney rehabs down the street. Really? Because I thought your life was a train wreck. I think Coors Light did fine. Yeah, at least I don't do that. Really? You don't do what? Well, I don't do meth. Okay. I don't do hard liquor. Really? Well, I don't do those things. But at least I don't shoot up. What? I'm pretty sure you lost your kids, your family, your life. You're living out of a car. What? A hierarchy, a, a hierarchy right there. It is so ingrained in humanity. Well, I don't do that. I don't do that sin. I mean, I, you know, I, I look at porn, but at least I didn't sleep with them. Really? Really? Your drug of choice is shopping? That's okay. Your drug of choice is ambition? That's what you think? What? Religion is your drug of choice, my friend. You're better than who? Because at the end of the day, when you boil it all down, you're broken. It's a drug of choice. There is no shame in it. You probably did what was easy, because that's what we always do. (laughs) We do what we can with what we've got. There's actually no shame in any of it. But there's a mentality, and it's called the moral camp versus the disease camp. The moral camp says you are a screw-up and you need to remove your head from a particular body part so that we can move forward. That's what it says, the moral camp. Like, if you were just smart enough to make a decision... That's when God has to get a hold of me. No kidding. And he has. He has. He has gotten a hold of me. 
Andy, be nice to the self-righteous as well. Andy, be nice to the self-righteous. Andy, be good. Be good to the people that think they've figured it out. Be gracious. Be as gracious to them. Love gives up ego. You know what else love gives up? It says selfish ambition, vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Value others above yourself. It also gives up self-interest, verse 4. Love gives, but it gives up self-interest. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. That's what love does. Love sets aside ambition. Love sets aside self-interest. You know, I was not an interruption or a means to an end for Jesus. I was not an interruption to his plan. I wasn't a commodity. I wasn't a means to an end. If I could get Andy, you know, he's got these things, we could use that. I wasn't like a good hire for the kingdom. We need the kingdom to be stronger. I think if we hired Andy, he'd be good. Let's, he's got some skills that we could leverage. We need to hire him. No. <laughs> my value and my investment in others, my value and investment in them is the greatest purpose that I can have in my life. My value of others, my investment in others is the greatest purpose I can have in my life. Valuing you coming alongside and looking you square in the eyes and saying, I love you. You know the deal. When I tell you I love you, when I say I missed you, who, trick question, you ready? Who hasn't been here in six weeks? Sure, <laughs> it's my hand. I don't know, sure. Okay. When I say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. When I say that, do you know what I get? I get the story. I get the huge story about like the dog and the homework and the house is on fire and like I said, like I got the whole thing. All I meant to say, yeah, you know what? Listen, when I say, hey, I miss seeing you, do you know what I mean by that? I mean I missed seeing you. But as pastor, it's as if you're gonna go from like, okay, eternity's okay. Well, we're not sure this column, and then maybe we don't know about that, right? Like, no. I just meant miss seeing you. When I can look at you and say you're valuable, Jesus loves us all. Welcome. Welcome to this space where we struggle. Occasionally I'll say, hey, my name's Andy. I'm screwed up. You're screwed up. Welcome. And I mean it. I was talking to someone yesterday up in Wisconsin, and he was chatting about something. He goes, you know, man, I guess, I guess we've all got our blind spots. I said, just ask Chip. Ask my 13-year-old son. He'll say, I've heard him say, he goes, my dad says we all have our junk and we all have our blind spots. Yes, we do. And that doesn't make the gospel less, does it? That doesn't make the love of God less, does it? The fact that I still have my junk and I still have blind spots makes the grace of God even more beautiful, the love of God even more powerful the sacred sanctity of this particular space even more precious 
Love gives up ego. Love gives up self-interest. Verse 5, love gives up advantage as well. Love gives up advantage. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Love doesn't leverage advantage. I have advantages that I don't have anything to do with. First of all, I'm a guy. That has advantages. I'm a white guy. That has advantages. I didn't have anything to do with those things. I don't think I'm racist. I I don't think. I do have a different experience. And I think what ticks people off in this whole deal is when we discount the idea that some have advantage and others do not. And most of us have advantages that we didn't have anything to do with. I grew up in a two-parent home. That's an advantage. My father was a small business owner. We had money. That was an advantage. One time, years ago, I'll see it up here. We were all standing in the middle of the room. I was at Hamilton Center years ago. We were all standing in the middle of the room. Everybody. It was all the execs. It was like chiefs and directors and all these people. So we're all standing here. And they started naming things. Did you have a library card? And if the answer was yes, you took a step forward. And if the answer was no, you took a step back. Did you grow up in a two-parent home? All these different things. Men and women that I valued, men and women that I respected, men and women that were professional and at the top of their game, men and women that were worth following, while, no joke, about a third halfway through, I'm, my face is at the front wall. I'm not kidding. Me and two other people, our faces were at the front wall. I would have had to, like, knock the wall out to keep walking. And people that I valued and loved and followed and respected, their backs were against this wall. I have advantage. And you very likely do as well. If nothing else, the country and the state where you live. And recognition of that. Recognition that Jesus surrendered his advantage to give me a chance. He surrendered his advantage. He he didn't use his own advantage. See, he could have called the 2.2 billion, right? He didn't do that. He didn't use his advantage, and because of that, he gave me a chance. And it's acknowledging the advantages that we've been given and leverage those to help others. That's what love looks like. Love gives up advantage. Love gives up ego. Love gives up self-interest. It gives for sure, but it gives up a few things too, doesn't it? And when we can recognize, not feel shame, not feel guilt, 
couple years ago, there were race riots all throughout this country. And a friend of mine, the guy that I was actually, the guy I was talking to in Wisconsin, he is, he's, he's, he's actually an African-American, like he's, his family's from Nigeria. So very dark-skinned. And he and his pastor, pastor's a white guy. They're huge buds, been friends forever. They, they co-lead that church. During all that stuff, Ahi, my, my buddy from Nigerian descent, Ahi is the one preaching. And I looked at that and I thought, Ahi, that's not your sermon, pal. Why are you preaching? You didn't make that happen. It's the guy with advantage that should be preaching. You can take that however you want, no problem. Next Sunday when you preach, you can clear it up. I felt that with Arnick and Brian. We had conversations, and Larry, we, we talk about race issues and relationships and tensions and things like that. It wasn't putting Brian or Arnick in this pulpit. It was putting the person with advantage in the pulpit to speak and leverage that advantage for justice and for right and for love. You have an advantage. Use it. Verse 7, love gives up status and position. Gives up ego, gives up self-interest, gives up advantage, but gives up status and position. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. Humbled himself. Humbled himself. We don't do this anymore. Our congregation is diverse enough and has enough age in it that some folks have. Some of us are aware of something we used to do, and it's where he'd sit here, and I would kneel here. Let me see. And I would wash his feet. And we can joke, and as teenagers in a youth group, you can tell hilarious stories. We cut up, joke around about it. But I'll tell you something. Every single time I took a person's foot, poured water on their foot and washed their foot, I was a teenager. The brokenness that came out of me. They didn't need me to wash their feet. I needed to wash their feet. When like they were short on soap, didn't have hot water at home. Maybe, probably not. But what happened Try it. <laughs> try, it and, try it and see if I speak not the truth. When you, I see folks in this room nodding your head. When you kneel down in front of someone, give up your advantage. Set aside your self-interest and ego and humble yourself. And you do that intentionally, all the walls to love crack. Now, maybe you're not going to do a foot washing. Okay. But the person that made you coffee on Tuesday, would you sit with them this Tuesday and have that coffee? That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Where you look and you see struggle 
and you see the consequences of poor choices, okay. But you put yourself intentionally in a place to be accessible, not because you're here looking down, but because you know the value of every human soul. I say things that tick people off occasionally. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, Sometimes in a room of people, I will say this particularly, I will say, when it comes to value of life, the value of a life, everyone in here is equal, and some are better than others. People are like, like, what? Clearly some are better than others. They've, They've done what they needed to do, or they practiced, or they... Some are better than others. We can do this real quick. I can prove the point. I'll just get Deli's guitar and hand it around. Right? Some of us are not going to be, we're like, I'm not good at the guitar. And, and someone might say, Jake, of course, is like, bring it on, right? Jake's like, he, he'd be great at the guitar. How long have you been playing the guitar? 17 years. How much do you practice? A lot. How much? Oh, his wife. Let's not ask you. Let's ask your wife how much you practice. That's right. Yeah, he practices a lot. 17 years, he still practices a lot. He's practiced. You're better. You're a better guitar player than I am. <laughs> like you're, I play the guitar too. I got like, I was joking with uh, Vic the other day. I said I'm a country music fan because it's three chords and the truth. And so I can do country music. It's just three chords and the truth. You heard Jake today. That's practice. You're better than I am. My life to your life equal. Both valuable both meaningful. There are people that are better than other people in particular things because they did the time, they did the work. Okay, if that's you, then leverage that advantage to let all ships rise. Bring them alongside. Help in some way. Love goes the distance. We humble ourselves and love goes the distance. Love gives up some things. We talk about love gives, right? And then love gives up some things. The one thing that love never gives up. Love never gives up on you. Never. Love never quits. Love never quits. Love never gives up on you. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, the, the love chapter. It says, love is a safe place to shelter. It never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure's defeat, for it never gives up. Man, I hope that's the, I hope that's the mantra of this room. If there's a sacred space, I hope it's the mantra of this room, this literal room. And then I hope it's the room that we carry with us as we move about. That when people interact with us or they walk in, this, love is a safe place of shelter. This is a safe place of shelter. Never stops believing the best for others. Never takes failure as defeat and never gives up. One of the most interesting parts as we finish up Revelation. You got 10, you got 10 chapters to read in Revelation and you're done. New Testament, red, awesome. Ten chapters to go, five this week, five after Christmas before New Year's Day, ten chapters to go. As I was reading through these, the thing that struck me, gripped me, I was like, what? 
have I not read that before? What? I was looking, and in Revelation 16, and in Revelation 22, there are words that are in red. In Revelation 16, it's so bizarre, because like it says, and out of the mouth of the fourth angel came three frogs. And they like, I'm like, whoa, what? Like, that's total Revelation stuff, right? And the, the frogs had swords in their mouth, and comets came from the sky, and you know, like... And then it says, Jesus says, hey, I'm coming back. That's in red letters. He goes, hey, I'm coming back, one verse. And then we go back to the frogs. And it struck me, I'm like, how bizarre. You read it. You'll read it this week, chapter 16. Like, how bizarre. You got the whole, like, abyss and smoke and the whore of Babylon and the four riders and all that. And then, hey, coming back. Back to the frogs.